And welcome back for another episode of Loss of Down. We are your host. I am Steve. He is David. We got Wally off for today, but we want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by Tabbies.com, the premier Delta 8 edible on the market, T-A-B-E-A-S-E.com. Make sure to use promo code FOOTBALLS for free shipping, as well as 20% off that first order. David, how are you doing? Now it is officially Super Bowl week. We are here just six days away for the big the big dance, even though that's a March, but you know what I'm saying. How are you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. Pretty excited for the Super Bowl, even though it kind of feels, I don't know about you, but it doesn't really feel like Super Bowl week. Like it doesn't, uh, it doesn't feel like the Super Bowl is right around the corner to me. Uh, for some reason, it feels like we're still like two weeks out from the Super Bowl. I wish. And I don't know if it's maybe we're in that, like that weird funk where it's been, this is going to, this is going to be the second year that it's this late, right? This late in February. And yeah, I agree. It's like, I want a couple more weeks. I didn't feel like there was long enough between the calls national championship and the playoffs. I didn't really, we'll talk about it. I didn't really watch too much of the Pro Bowl. So maybe that's why for me, because that's usually like, okay, we're a week away. We're watching all the, you know, all the Pro Bowlers. But maybe without that, I was just so focused on losing all my soccer and college basketball bets this weekend. That could be it. The Pro Bowl, like not watching the Pro Bowl might have had a real effect on my actual timeline. But uh, no, so so on the topic of Super Bowl, right? And and as we, for, for you guys listening, as we've been, uh, opening these pods with questions we figured this week we'll open them with Super Bowl related questions Stephen what's your favorite Super Bowl favorite Super Bowl your team didn't win so of course while would also help me out here as being the other guy that has to pick two because we can't pick but honorable mention was the Colts beating the Bears in 07 yeah in 07 just because Chicago lost and I enjoy watching that city suffer as a Packers fan but this is such a cop-out answer. That's why I threw the Bears one in there as well. The 09 Steelers Cardinals. Like that's really that first Super Bowl I could I remember sitting down and fully watching. He had the James Harrison pick six to the house at halftime. Then you have Santonio Holmes with the toe drag as time expires, basically, to win the championship. The Big Ben coming out party, or we already knew Big Ben was there, but instead of it just being Peyton and Tom Brady, now we have Big Ben, another guy in there. So I really liked that one, and it, and it was just a great game. That game was awesome. Even on the other side, you had Kurt Warner, who had a who made a comeback miraculously in the NFL at his old age with Larry Fitzgerald. They had some studs on the defensive side of the ball that I really liked. I want Darnell Dockett was like one of my favorite players at that time. So, yeah, that was a great Super Bowl. What about you, David? Mine's an easy one. So Colts versus Saints in Miami uh, back in – I think the Super Bowl was technically held in like February of 2009. So my uncle, for those of you listening, is Dan Marino, and that was when he was still on CBS's broadcast, and they were CBS was hosting that Super Bowl. So he had tickets third row behind the Saints end zone, and it was like at the time it's like sitting next to the most electric fan base because like similar to you know maybe not as 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 bad, but like the Browns, the Raiders, the Bills, like these these fans that have just been like not great teams never really been to a super bowl never really gotten that close and all of a sudden you're coming off hurricane katrina so there's some some emotional trauma and value in that and so like at that super bowl game i'm probably 10 rows from like the most iconic saints fan who's got his face painted half black half gold the helmet everything and it's just the crowd is electric for the saints 
at the time, Peyton Manning and Drew Brees were always two of my favorite quarterbacks. So like that really solidified it for me uh, or solidified my fandom for them for me. But sitting on the Saints end zone, I just became a hardcore Saints fan that day. And I'll tell you what, after that Tracy Porter interception to ice the game, I mean, holy shit. It was like, I can't even describe like the emotions in that crowd because it was just, it, it was electric. But uh, no, I've got some photos from that that we'll have to post to the social media account sometime this week. But that's easily my my favorite Super or my favorite Super Bowl that the Browns didn't win, that they'll never win, but we won't talk about it. <laughs> Well, I know you didn't have to dig too deep. I actually have, I so I got a couple questions here. The Saints fan you described, is that the guy that wears like the gold whistle as the hat? Is that the guy that you saw? So I think so. He's got, yeah, I think that, I think he's the guy, but he's like the say you'd recognize, it's like one of three Saints super fans that always are like at every home game, gold, black painted face. And um, oh God, is it a whistle hat? It might be. That sounds familiar. And I have to look at the photos I pull I have from that game to see if I took one of them. But that sounds familiar. Do not Google Saints Superfan because they have some outrageous. I got a Saints Darth Vader, another Saints Darth Vader, two complete a Joker, the all gold. Yeah, I think the way you're describing this whistle guy might not be it, but I don't know. That still, you know, being that age, we weren't really we weren't really too smart about just how the world was or how America was, especially what New Orleans was like after Katrina. I know at that time, it's kind of really hard to understand what they're going through and how much energy they have. But is there anything that specifically stuck out to you once that, you know, that Tracy Porter interception happened or just the energy around after coming off of the year that they have? Did you see anything really cool that kind of stuck out to you that the fans had done? Man, it was kind of like, honestly, the only thing I could relate it to is um, when the Cavs won the championship in 16 and I was in downtown Cleveland and you walk out of the, the bar after they won, maybe like 30 minutes after they won, um, you know, once things have started to, to I don't want to say calm down because they ramped up really high after the game. But like once your things like the jumping and chanting had calmed down, you walk outside the bar and you're seeing like grown men crying. And like, that's the, the closest thing I could describe because it, it doesn't, it doesn't do it justice to like the amount of people that were crying versus like just shocked and in awe versus, you know, still celebrating still, you know, high, high energy fans. It was just like a mix of, of a crowd. And it was, it was just, it, it, you know, if, if there was any one Super Bowl over the last two decades, that feeling you know, would have happened, it was only going to be that game. Like, there, there's just nothing that describes the emotional aftermath of Katrina and winning a Super Bowl, a, what, two, two, two and a half years later. It was unbelievable. And we, we've said it time and time, time again, but football rules, they will huddle around their football team. And something like this, I mean, that, that represents the whole city, the whole state at that time. Again, like being that age, you don't really – understand the magnitude of the situation but kind of looking back on it now like I kind of wish I can time travel and just to see that emotion or go back because I mean looking back on it, I'm like oh shit I was like a sophomore junior in high school how do I not remember this as much because the following years when the Green Bay won and that was my senior year in high school I, of course I remember that as, as best as I could but it's like wow that was only a year later and just completely 
missed my mind. Last one, Tracy Port interception. Was that your end zone or no? So that was, if I recall correctly, Peyton Manning was driving towards me and Tracy Porter got the interception away from me, if that makes sense. Yeah, so you just saw the nameplate run across, pick, yeah. everyone go ape shit. Yep. God, you – and before we go, I think I speak for everybody when I say fuck you for going to a Super Bowl because especially those seats that you had, I mean, my God. I mean, oh, take advantage of it when you can. The yeah. only way I, the only way I'm even getting remotely close to that is if the Browns make a Super Bowl and then I will literally spend my life savings trying to just get into seats where when the game ends, uh, it's like the most lifelong memory you'll ever have. Hopefully. I don't know. You Brownies fans like to get after it during these games, so hopefully you guys remember it, but I, <laughs> I'm picking up what you're putting down. With that, let's get into some NFL news here. We don't really have too, too much, but we do have a couple bits that we want to talk about. First one, we have the Cowboys naming their offensive coordinator to replace Kellen Moore. Why do they almost say Kellen Mond, like the guy who just got drafted by the Vikings? Brian Schottenheimer. No, not Marty. His son, Brian. And, I mean, this guy has an extensive, extensive history. He was with Washington, quarterbacks coach, Chargers for three years as a QB's coach, Jets for five years as an OC, Rams for, what, three years as an OC, Georgia, Indy, Indy for two years, Seattle for two years, Jacksonville is the passing game coordinator and quarterbacks coach. Now, we did see what that evolution of Trevor Lawrence did look like this year. I know that Doug Peterson has a lot to do with it. Maybe Brian Schottenheimer does as well. Do you think that's a good fit for the Dallas Cowboys and what they're trying to do here on the offensive side of the ball? No, I, I think it's awful. And so you listed his whole resume, but like to give you listeners an idea, there's a graphic out there that lists his his Wikipedia coaching experience that that Steve just uh, listed off. And then to the right of it, you see like there's no higher than a 20th ranked offense in the NFL. You know, when he was with the Chargers, it was the only years that Drew Brees didn't look like a Hall of Famer. He got Mark Wright fired at Georgia it's it's like astonishing how bad all of his offenses are and how you know we keep we keep talking about this for the last month we're recycling coaches instead of giving new guys shots and this is like the perfect example of the recycle process is you've got a guy who's literally never been good never been good the only reason he's in the nfl is because his father is one of the greatest coaches of all time you know, I, I I feel bad saying that almost because like I don't want that to be his legacy. But at the same time, without Marty Schottenheimer leading the way for him, this guy after maybe two or three stays would have never gotten another opportunity to be more than a quarterbacks coach. So I, you know, I I think this is a terrible move for the Cowboys, especially because you know you've got a guy who's fringe top ten, who with a a great coordinator with a great quarterbacks coach could be maybe fringe top seven, but with bad coordinator and bad quarterbacks coach is going to be fringe 13, 14 best quarterback in the league. And I don't think Dak is maybe worse than 10 or 11, but he turns the ball over a lot and a guy, his skill level can't do that. So I, I just think this is a stupid hire. I'm a little worried about McCarthy too. You know, did he really, have we really learned from the stale offense that he got fired from the Packers for? Like, have, are we going to see an upgrade? Is this going to continue from this past year with the Cowboys where, you know, if their offense does well, they win. 
or are we going to see this offense just go into the the shitter and all of a sudden the Cowboys are back to being, you know, the hype train in the preseason and a eight win team in the regular season. And, you know, it's just not the Cowboys that we saw this past year, but we'll see, I guess. Well, I'm going to excuse myself because it was the Jaguars 20, 2021 team that he was a part of. So it kind of seemed like he just didn't have a job this past year. But to your point, I mean, you just nailed all these. The St. Louis Rams offensive coordinator in 2012 and 14. You know what that team is. Look it up. They're dog shit. Like the Jets, wasted some of the NFL's best defenses with, with Mark Sanchez. And they went to the championship game a couple of times. That's how bad this was. They can't get him over the hump. Uh, one thing that really – Oh, there's one that stuck out. I mean, you have the you have the Colts. You know what they've been going through, so I'm not surprised. One thing that you did say that obviously we all agree with, the recycling of these offensive coordinators. How does this dude keep getting an OC job? Okay, I understand that you might have some sort of good to bring to an offensive table, but not as an offensive coordinator. Maybe quarterbacks coach, that really doesn't seem to be your thing. Maybe, maybe with the linemen. But don't keep moving this up or keep him at the same job when he's – that. it's a definition of insanity. While we're on the topic of Dallas, are they going to get any better on the offensive side of the ball? Over the past two offseasons, they let go of their – they let go of Amari Cooper. Leo Collins, yeah, I know that he's kind of hurt and he's kind of old, so let him go. But your offense isn't getting any better. You haven't added pieces. You can say this about your whole team. You consistently have been losing – players staff you did it all offseason now you're starting by losing arguably outside of dan uh dan quinn your best coordinator in the building people are freaking out about kellen moore here a year and a half ago then all of a sudden he's in los angeles and if he gets a resurgence for the chargers yes that's a pun he might be a head coach candidate a year or two down the road now all of a sudden and now mike mccarthy you're fucked you wanted to call the plays and now it's going to be a toss-up between you or brian schottenheimer Dan Quinn, that's why he stayed in Dallas this year and didn't take a head coaching position. My take on this year was Mike McCarthy's gone. Dan Quinn's taken over. Let's put that into this year. 2023, Dan Quinn will be the quarterback by December, head coach by December. I don't I don't hate that take if Dan Quinn doesn't take a role and he actually stays with the Cowboys. He already, he already came back and said he already, for he already confirmed. Yeah, so yeah. I don't hate that take. I think if that offense, I think if they regressed at all, like uh, maybe not at all if they regress more than like two wins so if they're what would they they won 12 games 10 and seven i think they were 10 and seven somewhere in that range right if they regress below 10 wins i don't know how mccarthy stays which means schottenheimer's also gone uh depending on what they do but i don't hate that take at all i can see dan quinn taking that team over and with the defense they have that's a prime team for dan quinn but interesting point you make about not keeping offensive players not going out and getting them is this is the exact reason you don't give running backs money the exact reason you Zeke being on an insane deal is what has prevented them from being able to either re-sign players keep players or really do anything on the offensive end other than draft talent this is Zeke's a a yet another example between Zeke Todd Gurley like any of these guys within the last five-ish years, five to 10 years, even your Le'Veon Bells, like they're prime examples of why you just don't pay top dollar for running backs after their rookie contract. Now, if you're going to do what the Browns did with like Nick Chubb and you're going to extend at like a, a fair rate, then it's brilliant. Great. 
Right, right. Like, do it. Like, if you're going to get him at nine million instead of fifteen, do it. Like, absolutely, re like extend, resign. But you know, the Zeke contract is just a prime example of why you don't pay running backs. But it's just crazy to me because Dallas is in. They they've been in cap hell. They are going to continue to be in cap hell, and I don't know how. I don't know how they get better this off season than they were this past season unless they have just the draft of all drafts. And I enjoy it. The other thing that was to keep in mind is if Washington can consistently get some good play for a full year, or at least beginning the season with some good play, that's a tough division. Now we were talking shit about it heading into this year. They kind of proved us wrong If the giants keep building. If Washington keeps building just a little bit, if they can find some sort of competency at quarterback with that defense, a full healthy year with chase young there, with whatever they have on the defensive side, all of a sudden Dallas might be in fourth place next year. I'm here for it. Stephen A. Weed, Stephen A. Smith, we have that thing in common. We both hate the Cowboys, and we enjoy when they're miserable. Let's get it on to our rapid-fire segment here. We got about four things. We'll get in. We'll get out. Before we hop it on, we want you to know this rapid-fire is brought to you by Abby Turner Creative, your one-stop shop marketing agency specializing in branding, high-end photography, fashion, and more, especially for David and I's age where it feels like there's a college graduation, baby pictures, weddings, you name it. Every single weekend they are happening. Abby Turner Creative is the only way to go. Check it out for yourself at abbyturnerphoto.com. That's A-B-B-E-Y. Or on her Instagram, Saw Dad and Sapphire. Again, abbyturnerphoto.com. Trent Williams, he lets the Niners know, don't worry, I'll be back. They didn't really have to sweat this year. Was that really any doubt that Trent Williams wasn't going to return? I think it was a little bit of a doubt, but Trent Williams, kind of like Joe Thomas, does, strikes me as a guy who's not going to retire unless he gets injured and injured in a way that's more than like a couple week rehab he's either gonna gonna play like five more years or he's going to send it off after you know some significant injury that's he, he has nothing left to prove so he strikes me as the guy who's just you know if he gets hurt with a significant injury it's hey you know what I just don't I don't think it's in me to rehab this the way that I should to get back to the field so it's over for me but I, I'm not totally surprised but I think there was a little doubt there Surprisingly, charges against Joe Mixon were dropped this past week. Around this time last week, we were one of us was dropping the bomb that what he was pointing a gun at a woman at a traffic stop or something like that. I'm not sure. I am so surprised that these got dropped. He's not even in the I, Super Bowl this week. If he was in the Super Bowl, it'd be one thing. I'm a little surprised they got dropped too. I don't really understand it personally. I, there's got to be either some foul play in the sense that you know joe mixon wasn't even there and this is somebody some racist woman who thought it was joe mixon or something or it was maybe some money under the table maybe something happened maybe there wasn't enough evidence to to prosecute joe mixing joe mixon but I, I i haven't read about it or what like the reason they dropped the charges but something doesn't smell right here yeah, and it doesn't matter if the charges are dropped or they're not. That name is always going to have this running behind it on top of – we were already talking about the charges that were dropped when he when he hit that uh, woman at Oklahoma when he was there. doesn't matter if they're dropped or not. You're always going to have this stain on the record. The Pro Bowl was this weekend, apparently. I did not watch more than collectively a minute. It was horrific. I couldn't bring myself – I thought the worst part was the the wide receiver catches. It's like a worst dunk contest. It, it looked like when you're eight years old and you lower the rim to six feet and dunk and think that you're Shaq. That's what that looks like. 
I'm so done with the Pro Bowl. It is horrible. Pro Bowl was was average at best. I mean, it was they they did a pretty bad job with the flag football game. All I really want to see is the fun, stupid competitions that we saw in like the early 2000s, where like it was like Peyton Manning and and God, who knows who else, Brett Favre and like Mike Vick, seeing how far they could throw a football. Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, if you look yeah. at those, you're gonna see, like Trent Dilfer was in one of them. Um, right. Dude, like, there I are some see, crazy ones. I want to see how far a guy can throw a football and just like, you know, I want to see the kickers kicking over RVs and doing like dude perfect stupid stunts and seeing who can win a competition. I would love to see somebody like, you know, Tyree Kill in the Pro Bowl challenging whoever the fuck he wants to a hundred yard dash and, and either asserting himself as the fastest guy in the league or like, you know, opening up the Pro Bowl to like random challenges like that. I, I just want to see fun, stupid competitions that aren't going to hurt anyone. And I, you know, I don't want to see an obstacle course. I don't want to see flag football. I just want to see stupid who's better competitions, right? Like things that guys are actually going to be like, you know, you get Josh Allen in there, or you get Mahomes in there, uh, provided Mahomes isn't in the Super Bowl. But like you get two guys in there who are like, who's got the biggest arm and all of a sudden you get to see who actually has the biggest arm stuff like that, I think would be more fun than how they do it. But, you know, I, I don't think we're ever going to get that back. I just, the NFL is going to have to feel this one out. I will say I did like, like the gauntlet obstacle course when they had multiple people, if it's offense, defense, doesn't matter. I kind of liked that one, but no, we need to get, what about, oh, I can't remember the Dallas Lyman's name, but they were doing the, the bench press reps or the long, like Very the long. longest throw. Yeah. Or the, like the longest throw. Um, like, like you said, they need to bring those back because it's a fan controlled, you know, quote unquote, it's a fan controlled all-star game. Why not with the way technology is now you get a live vote and a live cast of two people you want to throw almost in, you know, whatever, if it's going to be a race, Throw them on a one-on-one bat. Okay, maybe not a one-on-one basketball game, just because we want to watch for injuries and we know how competitive these guys can get. But do some fun. Do races. You need to bring entertainment back. And on top of this, I think if you're smart NFL, you would move this if it's in March, if it's early March after the Super Bowl, so at least the people that maybe were in the Super Bowl can come. That's what it used to be like. But also on top of this, what the NFL has done once they, I think they have the new CBA and they made the new schedule, each month has something going on in the NFL. Yes, I know March is what technically when the new year, the new league year rings in, why not have the Pro Bowl as kind of like that last hoorah? It's like, okay, now the season's over. Let's get right into free agency. I don't know. I'm just a talking head here. Last but not least, A.J. Green retires from the NFL, seven-time Pro Bowler, two-time second-team All-Pro. He, he leaves with 44th in yards all time, 49th in touchdowns all time at 70. But since joining the league in 2011, he was fourth in yards, seventh in touchdowns, and 16th in receptions per game. So you know I have to ask the obvious question. Is A.J. Green in your Hall of Fame? I don't think he is. If, he, if you had the equivalent stats as – almost any other position outside of quarterback or special teams, you probably eventually make it in. Man, it kind of depresses me because A.J. Green was a stud, was a freak 
when he was at his peak. And the only reason he's a two-time second-team All-Pro, and likely the only reason he's a second-team All-Pro is because at the time he had Julio Jones and Antonio Brown, who, uh, you know, are surefire Hall. Like, without was a Cal- doubt. Was Calvin surefire. still in there, too? Yeah, Calvin Johnson in, in 12 and 13, too. Like, like you oh, got Randy three- Moss. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, no, he I retired in 12 or 13, I think. Yeah, I think that but, was in his... But, but regardless, you got like Megatron, AB, a- and Julio Jones, who all three surefire Hall of Famers. Megatron's already in. It's, it's you know, you've got guys that were just, just a step above. And A.J. Green is going to get forgotten about, I think, because he just wasn't in that best receiver of all time conversation. But he was, I mean, he was electric in his prime. And unfortunately, he got injured many years towards the, I guess, the end of his prime, if you're looking at it. And he just never really returned back to that status. So, I, you know, I, statistically, I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. He might get in years down the road, but I don't think he, I just don't think he gets in. And it's a shame because he was unbelievable. And I think a lot of people are going to forget just how good he actually was. Yeah, and I agree. I don't think there's going to be any disagreements. I I wouldn't throw him in into the Hall of Fame because I mean, when you look at those numbers, you're expecting to see him look, pop out a little bit more. But I don't want that to take away to your point how dominant he was, and you're going to know way better uh, than most people because he was within your division, and that's when since he was finally getting it together. But you know, you always had the them losing the playoffs to lean back on at the end of the day, up until what last year, literally. So. Calvin Johnson beat him out both times in 12 and 13, but there was a different receiver as the second guy in each of those years. Do you think that you can name them? And neither of them are Antonio Brown. Was it Julio? Was that one? He no? wasn't even in. Oh, it's going to be a tough one. So you a thousand percent know in 2013 who the second wide receiver for, for all pro was. It's gonna bother me so much, but like I'm I'm conflating years. Fuck. Let me think about this. Actually, no, was that Des Bryant era? No, it was, but it wasn't like that's like Des Bryant, Vincent Jackson, Anquan Bolden era, but I don't know who's who. One of your boys. Demarius Thomas? He was second time on there. Let me see if he no, you're definitely not gonna get the other one. You should just get this one because it's a brown. Oh, fuck. Was that Josh Gordon's year? Josh Gordon's oh, year. Oh, my God. What a – that was so long ago. God, he spent like seven years coming back from drug tests. I can't believe I forgot 2013. 2012, Chicago Bears, Brandon Marshall. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, God is right. Oh, God is right. With that, that's going to bring us to another end of an episode of Loss of Down. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media platforms. Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, Loss of Down, Twitter, down underscore loss. Shout out to Tabbies as well as Abby Turner Creative or abbyturnerphoto.com. David, do we have any parting words for the short episode for the fans tonight? No. Fly, Eagles, fly. That's it. Yeah? You're not getting, You're not giving too much away for, uh, for the bets on Thursday? I, I'm giving a little bit away, but we'll see. We'll see. Thursday will come, and, and we'll see how much of an Eagles fan I am. But for now, fly, Eagles, fly. Are you Walter White cooking up another uh, parlay, uh, oh, prop yeah. parlay? Oh yeah! I in fact, uh, one of our fans, uh, Zach Youssef, gave me you know gave me a free parlay 
that's got, you know, Hertz and uh, what's his face, the tight end, anytime touchdown score, you know, it's got, got it. it's got like, it's got like six, six things that made me look and go, oh, that's, that's real. And it's like plus 1800 or something. So it's, it's right in the realm of possible and worth the bet. Uh, someone threw the number one bet is for like a quarterback to catch, to receive a pass. Like the fourth or fifth most placed bet is over on over two and a half people throwing the ball, right? So you got two quarterbacks. You just need one play. I'm going to take that. I'm a hundred percent going to take that because within the first two drives, you're sitting pretty and the next 15 or whatever drives you're sitting there like, come on, one of you got to fucking get something tricky. I'm going to need fact check on this, but I, I think that's a good bet because I think since the original Philly special, there has been a, a trick play where somebody else throws a ball in every Super Bowl set. Now, I do have to see what it will. I guess it has to be, is it considered a pass? If you throw from across the field behind the line of scrimmage, is that considered a pass and a reception? I'm not sure. I don't think so. I think it's considered like a lateral. Tactic. That's what I'm out. So I was like, that is such a nice way to, that's such a nice loophole to get it. Doesn't matter. I'll be studying extensively for the over on the national anthem. Gotta get out. That over, who is even doing the national anthem? I don't know. That's a good question because uh, doesn't it always hit the over? It does, but my like second oh, year betting it. Oh, my man going over. Pay for America. Yeah. Um, there was one year, but then Lady Gaga said brave twice. And the first one, it was under, and then she kept going. She was like, brave, <gasps> brave. And then everyone's oh, like, what the God. fuck's this bitch doing? Yeah, everything's here. Do you want to talk about Tom Brady not starting Fox on 2024? I don't know if that really mattered, but... No, I don't care about that. I, just I, some, that I tell me that just screams. Else. Like the only comment I make is that just screams he's coming back yet again next year. That's all exactly. that does for me. For sure. All right, we good? Yeah, let's do it. Weaning myself off dip. I got that black buffalo stuff that like Big Cat always talks about. It's like the nicotine and tobacco free. What the fuck is it then? It looks like dip, but I don't know. It's like some synthetic fake dip that's not going to destroy my fucking jaw, apparently. Allegedly, but we'll see. <laughs> I took one dip of it and then went up to the gas station and got a real can. I was like, all right, this... <laughs> Just this, already had enough of it. <laughs> this, this is going to be a process <laughs> for the next little bit, but that's what you get. Oh, fuck. All right, let's get it. Um, vape. All right, cool. I'll get the nicotine one wet.